The Future Lifestyle Pro Podcast. Boom, redirecting. Mike, I'm just getting a phone call. Just give us a second. Go on. Oh, shit. Hang on. Let me just call that guy back. It's important call that. I knew I knew you were going to call me. Looks like we're live. I'm going to say we're live. I'm going to say it's live. Uh, so Matt is uh, currently on phone, but this is our deep chat with Matt session um, because me and Matt have some great conversations that we just want to have recorded, not even for ourselves, but for our kids and our grandkids, just about some of the crazy wacky things that we've talked about. And then uh, some of the things we noticed that some of our conversations started becoming realities. So we thought, you know what, we need to start just recording them and then they'll be funny to watch back in five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so especially now with this whole crypto and stock market thing that I dive quite deeply into, we thought, yeah, let's just start getting some of this out there. Um, just like sharing value, really, don't I? And it's, I'll, I'll be a bit, a bit honest, it's actually because I like looking back at myself and seeing how I looked five, 10 years ago and what I was saying and what I was thinking and what my beliefs were and what I was, what I was interested in. Um, yeah. Uh, hang on a minute, I've just got a few messages by constantly, but there never seems to be a pullback of more than a few hundred. Yo, I'm back. Sorry about that, mate. It was a bit important that. Cool. Yo, so you're saying about social media detox? So this, um, I, I so I use a meditation app <laughs> called Waking Up. So good. Okay. Um, better than Headspace. Yeah, mate. Fucking way better. Um, really? It just depends on. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, I I I was with Headspace for a year, um, and and by the end of the year, although I know that it sounds silly to say I was getting a bit bored of it, because <laughs> meditation's not about me getting bored, but um, I was getting a bit. I, I was. It was like I didn't need the app anymore. I was just. Mm. I knew all the triggers and everything, and it. it Whereas, like, I moved. I shit. I thought I'm going to try a different one just to see. And I got this waking up app and it's called Sam Harris. He's like a philosopher, a modern day philosopher kind of, um, yeah, he's a psychologist and he's so good. And it's like one of the, pro there's loads of different people to listen to and different programs. And there's one um, like whole little mini library on stoicism. And, um, and on one of the audio, so I, I got this 15 minute long audio of someone kind of going through some stoic practices and um, I'm like slide on this Shakti map thing that we use. I don't know if you know, that's like an acupuncture map. Yeah. yeah. And he says, um, you know, what would some of the Stoics have done with the tools that we've got available now, like social media, et cetera. And he was talking about it, 
like from a modern perspective, what some of them might have done, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and that. And he said they would have definitely used it, but they would have definitely taken holidays. Um, and I just thought, yeah, they would. And I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to have one. So I just literally just deleted all apps off my phone. And it's been about two and a half, three weeks now. And it's great. So I, I, I like I was took my son to the park and I, I was just looking up in sky because there's nothing else to do. Like, and I saw this red kite fighting a crow in midair. Oh, wow. Like a big bird of prey fighting a crow. I know, like, I would not have seen that happening if I would have been sat on my phone looking or networking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's been cool, but I'm, I'm going to go back on because I need to build my business. I'm, you know, you need to keep that pipeline filled. Yeah, hear that. Now, I'm, I'm the same. So one of the things I do at the end of every month is I go on a, a 10K run with no phone. Oh, nice, yeah. And when you do it, oh, mate, the place it sends your head to and the way you feel after is just like so in line and in tune with nature. I remember this one time I was running and I, I was just running past this field and I never noticed before the way that the that, that grass ripples like there's yeah. a wave movement in grass. I never knew. Yeah. I never noticed. I was yeah, like, yeah. I was just stood there and I was like, "Am I tripping out, or is the That's grass cool. like waving, like 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 the sea? Like it was just like, and I was like, nah, we're like, and I wanted someone else to be around me to go. Am I seeing this? Is this is this real, or is it just that in my thirty years of existence, I've never taken the time out to actually just look at grass and even see something that simple is yeah. way more complex yeah than i ever thought <laughs> well well funnily enough on that same on that same course on that stoicism course i can send you a link uh, for a free to, to, to check this app out for a free month mate and honestly yeah. everyone i've sent it to who's into meditation has got it because they're like fucking it's ace anyway he says um he says uh the, the, taking joy and in, in, like kids they're just they're just joyful and they're in awe of things like when the first after, when the first experience like ice they're just in awe of it mm. and you can actually re you can re uh you can re you can revisit that awe mm. um like you know so, so like and, and and i was saying it i talked about it the other day a, a few, couple few weeks ago on facebook like like you know if you just sat there in bath and there's bubbles you actually just look at them the most mundane things like the, sh- the way that a light shimmers off of a bag of coffee mm-hmm. or just it, it, everything can be interesting if you're just mindful of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally had that as well this morning. I was ironing my shirt and then for some known reason, there was like this rainbow effect on like my shirt. And I was like, where's this coming from? Like, and it was because I did a meditation as soon as I woke up. So I think it put my mind like in tune with that kind of frequency to pick that kind of stuff up. But in terms of what you said with kids, definitely. I've been doing a lot of work in um, schools recently, just working with like kids, troublesome kids, and um, just trying to do my bit after, like I kind of took this whole situation of the COVID pandemic very seriously. And I realized like how much it's gonna affect the next generation, um, just having lost that year of school. And so again, as, as you know me, I'm not the kind of person that's going to say someone should fix it. I'm just going to go and do it myself and figure out a way to get paid for it. Um, so yeah, I've been in the schools doing my bit, just teaching the odd kid about investing, about about business, about whatever. And it's just been like, 
how much they take in and how much they actually know is actually yeah ridiculous i, I cannot yeah. encourage it enough that every parent should get a dbs certificate done and go and yeah. spend a week in their child's school just 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 being there and just go into some of the other lessons in their year group just just so you can actually understand where and what is happening with your child in the education system because people don't know yeah they've got an no. idea but they don't actually know and you just got to think to yourself this is my child that i'm handing over to this system and to these people mm. for how many hours a week yeah it's six hours a day so for five times five so yeah yeah for 30 hours a week for however many years someone's got your child and you're telling me you've never been in to like check it out and see what they do and it just kind of stumbled on me i was like hang on a minute Parents don't do that. That's actually really worrying. Like, because yeah. you don't know what your kid is gaining, what they're missing out on, or how they're behaving. If you've never been, you can you honestly, truthfully understand your child if you've never been in their school environment? Because the school environment when we was in school is not the same. No, no, it's not. It's and they're so like Noah. I'll, he'll he'll pick things up so quickly. You know, like they'll they'll get their hands on things. Like I would like something that I would need to show you. You know, I'm not saying you're you're not competent to be able to do something, but I might. Let's just say I, I got a piece of equipment from a fire engine. Mm -hmm. I'd sh you'd need showing, and then you could then you'd know, and then you probably maybe even get better at me at the piece of equipment. With a kid, they can. They can it's, it's almost like they intuitively just pick it up. Yeah, um, and especially on computers, you, you feel like you've got to guide them. Like when you're fasten, teaching them how to fasten the shoelaces, and they genuinely just they just you don't need it. it. No, <laughs> don't need it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's very, very interesting. It kind of makes me realize like how that maybe technology is evolving the way that it's evolving, not because of any kind of sinister plot or anything, mm. just because the kids are understanding it faster. Yeah at a younger age so they're just just what? and again the, the technology is improving at the same rate that they're understanding so yeah. what would have taken i know for a fact at four at maybe even 10 years old i did not know what gigabytes meant in a, in a hard drive yeah or like storage or how to replace storage or connecting to a wi-fi and all, all of that stuff they know it well, Noah's son, so my son right now is on, he's seven, and he's on a, a, a like, a, there's an app, a website, can't remember what it's called, but basically you create your own animations. So, and he's like, he's seven, and he's like, he's making one at the moment that's uh, Godzilla, where it charges up and then blasts something. So he goes, blue things up the back, uh, atomic breath, boom. And he's like, and you, you keep creating another frame and then another frame. And it's like, man, you know, just things like that at that age. It's just, and it's that this is available to them all. Are we are we live on Facebook now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're live, we're live, we're live, we're live, we're live. Um, I, I do. You, do you think that there's? Do you think that there's a sinister thing behind technology? No. I think it's the next. I've said this for years. I've said this since I was about sixteen, and I remember getting in trouble for it in a lesson. I've said that I think technology is a natural evolution of humans. I've always yeah. said that 
we used to evolve upwards and we'd grow longer necks to be able to go and reach trees or would genetically grow taller and we yeah, would yeah. meet with the next person in the species that had the ability to reach that food but now we don't need that so we're now kind of creating tools so humans kind of evolved yeah. into this thing whereby our, our brains evolved not so that our bodies don't have to so our brains keep evolving so that we can create better tools so that yeah. our bodies don't have to. So if anything, the opposite is going to happen. Our bodies are going to devolve and our yeah. brains are going to evolve. And yeah. it's just evolving into these. And then once you combine that with Neuralink, then <clears throat> we are evolved to where we can. I, be. I don't, I, I just I don't agree. think it's, I think again, like you, like in that book, better, better, uh, Angels around Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and just reading history, you just realize that things are getting so much better. It's just that the human brain is conditioned to look for problems and danger and, and fear and horribleness. And it's yeah. like, no, like there is no way the same amount of people that would have died in 1910 are going to die from COVID. No. It's just not possible because technology is just far superior. And communication is far superior. And the more we improve our communication, this is why I'm excited for Neuralink, the faster and the better we can kind of become one. Because we are basically one giant bacteria, which is why yeah. I was, we're, yeah, we're like just, one yeah. giant amoeba. And I think the quicker we can kind of get our communication, I think, I think language is the biggest thing that holds us back. I think... Yeah not having language means that we can't always articulate and understand each other. So this is where the prejudices and the problems come from. The moment yeah. we are all thinking one universal language means the quicker we'll be able to understand and emote other people's feelings. And this is what we can see in music. And that's why English music is the most popular because everyone's most speaking people understand it. Yeah, most people understand it. But then once we're in that point where everybody speaks the same language and can express their feelings and their emotions whether you like it or not words make you feel something whether yeah. you like it or not like if someone just keeps shouting out i'm in pain i'm in pain it hurts whatever whether you like it or not you're gonna feel something in your chest mm. and i think that's that's what's needed is and I, I'm, I'm hoping that technology allows us to find a way to help us to actually feel and live other people's experiences yeah because then we can kind of go oh you don't know what it's like to be working class you don't know what it's like to be receive racial abuse you don't know what it's like to be receive homophobic abuse whatever we'll be able to literally feel it yeah i think that will change everything well it changed in 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 like in the better angels of our nature the way that stephen pinker uh, explains it is the pacification process was around 500 years ago, um, as soon as they invented the printing press, and you said last time I spoke that that was probably the greatest invention ever. Um, well, yeah, I, I definitely argue that it's, it's definitely up there. And what that does is that immediately for the first time ever put your thoughts, someone else's thoughts into your head. Because mm -hmm. all you, the, the hard problem of consciousness is, Nobody know, nobody can prove consciousness other than you right now. You're the only person who can, who can truly say that this moment is real. Everything else could be a, a simulation or anything. 
So what that printing press did is it allowed people to sort of think, oh, that woman has lusty thoughts. I yeah. always knew that people did. I knew it, you know, like this. And then it sort of made, immediately made people empathize more. And here we are 500 years later, just because that one little thing. Um, and even, in fact, just on that, when they started inventing film, one of the uh, one of the main things for the first time that humans got to do was look at someone else, react to something without them staring at you. You know, so if you stare at someone in a bar or a cafe, you mm. can't watch them for too long because they'll just be like, is he looking yeah, at me? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Whereas like for film, you, you can literally watch people. So even that again, that sort of amped it up again. And when Neuralink comes, um, and you know, obviously I can understand people's skepticism, but it's another exact, it's going, to, it's going to do that again. It's going to put us in the perspective of other people, um, mm -hmm. which can only be a good thing. You know, that is what prejudice is. It, the, the us and them thing, the, the problems that are caused in this world, there's two types of people. There's people, there's, there's people that think that there's us and them, and then there's not. You know, there's some, some people just love uh, to have a, a difference us between and people. And that's the one of, one of the biggest causes of pain in this world. But as soon as we start to understand what other people are going through and thinking, they immediately become in us. Um, and that's really all that matters. It's just that one little flip of the switch and it's, it's, all, it's all changed. Yeah. Um, I'm super there's optimistic. A, <clears throat> there's a thing called, the I don't know if we've spoken about it before, but the fragile earth hypothesis, have you heard of it? Um, about mass scale surveillance. No. Right. So there's a there's a scientist stroke philosopher stroke futurist called Nick Bostrom. You can get this. In fact, I'll comment later on in the um, when my social media holiday finishes. This, in fact, this can be the end of my social media holiday now. Um, I'll comment the link, but it's it's basically a paper on how uh, mass scale like lock turn it calls it turnkey totalitarianism mass scale surveillance is actually going forwards like way into the future the only real answer to safety that we've got um and this is not a this is not a politician or anyone he's literally like a, a scientist uh philosopher and he's actually quite anti-establishment but he, he, if you actually take the thought experiment as far as it'll go you can't really see any other way that it could could help. So what what the fragile Earth hypothesis is, is us humans we uh, we just keep creating new norms and ideas and technologies that that for, for you know mostly better our situation. Sometimes you could argue that it sort of takes us back a little bit. Uh, it might not necessarily just be technology. It might it don't have to be an iPhone. It don't have to be a car. It could be an, a social norm. You know, it could be something that we we've created collectively as humans, one way or another. Wherever that's an idea, uh, etc. And and the way that he sort of illustrates it is: imagine that you've got white balls in a giant urn, and every single new idea that is created, we're picking a new white ball up. So imagine like when you're getting picking the FA Cup, you're swishing your hand around. You don't know what ball you're going to pick up. You pick up another white ball. That's a good idea. Nice one. It's a car. Boom. Pick another one up. Oh, look, it's a, it's a meat-free steak. Yeah, that's probably going to improve humanity. Throw it over your shoulder. And eventually, we are, we are going to pick out a black ball. And the black ball <laughs> is the thing that will end us. And the problem is, we don't know so when that black ball is going to come out. 
So, and he's talking about random and stupid. Exactly. So, so the, the way that he talks about it in the paper is that, it, you know, you could argue when, when I ask someone about this, they go, oh, yeah, nuclear bombs, that's a black ball. Well, not necessarily because nuclear technology is probably going to be the thing that actually saves all humanity in, in yeah. the long run. Um, you said not necessarily nuclear bombs, but but it, it says just imagine if it was really easy for someone. Let's say me and you now started. We we were, we started following some sort of crackpot dictator, and we wanted to start causing as much damage as possible. So we started studying how to make a nuclear bomb. Me and you, Mike. So we won't be able to do that because it takes too much uh, effort and cooperation and, yeah. and, and skill. So we really, we're never going to be able to create a nuclear bomb. But what if it was so easy to make that we could just, it's something like putting sand between two pieces of glass in a microwave and oh, we've just discovered how to make nuclear nuclear fusion. So because it, it, we're lucky that it's not that easy. So therefore, what is still a white ball, but eventually we'll pick a black ball out and we don't know when that is. So the only way around it is because as technology gets more and more better, like we've got these 3D printers at home that they're, they're, they're talking about being able to uh, print your own gene sequences off, create new viruses, for example, things that could literally just wipe out millions and millions of people. This technology is becoming available. So what's the answer to get around it? Do we stop? Do we do we stop? Uh, do we stop researching? Do we stop the R and D? Or do we keep those things that we might need? Your 3D printers, you know, vi you know, virus creating genomes. I think all this stuff's good. We need it, but how do we keep it out of the hands of that, like people like that dickhead who went shooting people up in Los <clears throat> Las Vegas? You know, the Las Vegas shooter. The only thing that stopped him from killing millions of people is that he, he didn't have enough technology. He only got he, he had a he had guns. He ran out of ammo. And then he got shot. Shot. If he'd have had the access to a nuke, he'd have probably used that. And, yeah. and it's only a matter of time till somebody get somebody like this gets the, that kind of technology on uh, into their hands. So what's the answer to stopping that? Well, it's totalitarianism. Somehow, some kind of some kind of uh, surveillance, mass scale. I'm talking, you know, everything: phones, Siri, blooming Alexas, lights. Everything is kind of watching us, but not in a. It sounds really scary. It's like a it like a babysitter, like a childminder. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I, so, I I get that. It's it's because bro, you hear me say it all the time. I think human beings are the most stupid, right? Stupid species on the planet. Like we we often forget that we're just animals, and we give ourselves our egos are too big, and we forget that we're just dumb animals. Yeah, um, and I think we do need a childminder and a babysitter. Yeah, because we are just animals. We're just big kids, really. Like we pretend that we're civilized, sophisticated adults, but we're all just big kids. And the, the time that you see it the most is my favorite place in the world. It's when you go to festivals. When you yeah. go to festivals, you see <laughs> human beings in their truest, rawest yes. form. That is how everyone goes to a festival, being the human being that they want to be all the time yeah. and behaves yeah. the way they want to behave all the time. The festival is the only time that this this matrix, this system, this this facade is dropped, and people just go yeah. fuck it. Yeah. And I, this is why I love working there because you meet lawyers, doctors, accountants. You meet all these kind of people in all yeah. these job roles that are very yeah. sophisticated and, and very um, have got like a facade to them. The yeah. moment they're there, they're doing cartwheels in a tutu. They've got facial <laughs> paint on. They're they're streaking. They're pooing in cups. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. You're like, you're like, 
oh, so this is who you are. Why are you not like this normally? It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. That's, that's bad. No. Why can't you do that? Who said? Where, where yeah. did you create these rules that decided? And I remember someone saying this to, to Kanye West and he got angry about it. Like, he was like, yeah, and the reason I don't want to send my um, child to school is because if they have a great idea or a great feeling and they want to stand on the table and shout in joy about how happy they are, they can't. And I, when he said that, I was like, they get told that it's wrong to express yourself to a certain level. You're, you're not, school kind of trains you. You're not allowed to be that happy. And I was, when he said it, I was like, that's actually so true. What, like, yeah. like I've never thought of it like that. Like, if you are in school, if you get a, a question correct or whatever, and and even me now working in schools, I see myself doing it. And I'm like, why am I suppressing this child's happiness and this 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 child's expression of joy at the fact that they've figured something out? Like, why am I going? All right, calm down now. All right, no. why am I doing that? Mm. Like, who who made that up? Who made that up that you for achieving something there should be a limit on how much expression of your happiness there should be? Who made it up that there should be a limit to how much expression of love? That there should be. I know it's so sad when you see. I, I sometimes see parents, and and I get it because they're shy. You know, if you're a shy person, your kids dancing on a table, you you feel like that reflects on you, and that's again, it's quite complex in it. You know, these social norms that we don't realise that we're caught up in. So mm. you might be going, you might go, Timmy, Timmy, get down off that table. Come on, get that, Timmy, get down off that table. And it's like. You know, you, you literally don't even realize, not, and I, yeah, fuck it, you, the damage that you're doing mm. by, by just something that's seemingly so innocent. You know, get down off that table. All right, we'll, we'll shout about it later. But, you know, that is, it, it, it might not come up with them. He might think, oh, what's the point? You know, yeah. that, that is, the, 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 the mentors in his life are saying that they're reacting negatively to the thing that he feels is amazing. You know, that's, that, that's plant seeds now being planted. Yeah, it's not true. I, Can you, I see it a lot in schools now. Like it's, I think the biggest the biggest issue with schools at the moment is number one class sizes, and number two the amount. What do you think's too big? What do you think's too big? Like the amount of work that they're trying to get the kids to learn. Yeah. In the time frame they're trying to get them to learn it, number one. Then the fact that they're playing catch up because of COVID, and then the class sizes is it's just. They're, they're trying to, it's like trying to get a two-year-old baby to eat an extra large pizza. Yeah. What, what's it? too big a class size, do you think, for your opinion? More than five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You just can't, like, it doesn't give them time to explore their understanding, to express their understanding, to, to really do anything, like... It, it works, but like working in the schools now has made me 100% decide that I'm definitely going to homeschool. I'm going to send my kids to school for about maybe a year, two years max. Like, I just think, I just think that the system is just so inefficient. It's unbelievable how like, it's, it's literally like everything in the world. It's just this old thing 
that doesn't work in what we in the world that we have now created yeah. run by old people that have no idea about the world that we're living in right now and it's like no this doesn't work and then you're trying to complain and it, solve it with someone that's like 75 or 65 and you're like they just don't get it no it's a bit like when there were those people in congress were trying to tell off uh trying to question mark zuckerberg about yeah Facebook technology, and they just, it was literally like, they had no idea what they were talking about, and it was just almost like, you know, it, 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 it's, it, the, the old guard, I mean, it's, they really do need to switch it up, because the, the world is changing so fast, it is, the kids are teaching us stuff, and it, it, it does all really based around technology, mm -hmm. it and really does. I, you can see it in the kids how frustrated they are, you can see that they're like, it's like this kind of unspoken telepathic energy thought in the classroom of this is pointless like they get on with it they'll do some of the work but you just know and then occasionally one of them will go why am i learning this occasionally one of them will go okay this was this was nice learning about uh confluence in a river and an estuary and all this stuff okay brilliant but i kind of learned that on youtube already why am I, why are we spending two hours on it? And they're yeah. just like, I think we underestimate how much the internet has improved their learning skills. Like you said, like they pick things up really quick, but we're spending two hours, maybe four hours going over something that they've learned in 10 minutes. Well, my daughter's just doing her GCSE, well, whatever GCSE, Everything is now, yeah. Yeah, whatever <laughs> it is they do, it she's doing, and it, she, she, I was, I mean, I was horrendous at school. Uh, you know, I, I, not even I used to kind of think about it like, yay, cool. I was like this kind of cheeky chappy, and 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 but I, she read my uh, report to me, um, and it was it, it wasn't even like funny. It was just w w embarrassing how bad I was at school, and I was naughty, and I was intention, I was naughty, and I was intentionally not good at my schoolwork. I don't know why. And, and it was difficult because I was getting told what to learn. And I don't like, I don't mind being told what to do if I don't, you know, if somebody's telling me what to do and I, they know and I don't, then that's fine. But just the environment for me wasn't good work. And Jolie, my, my, my daughter, she, uh, I feel like she's similar, although she's smarter than I was. And she, she never really did much studying either. And I, I, she got sat down to do some research and do some studying for exams. And the joy on her face as she started to learn about the things that she wanted to, because I couldn't teach her how to study because I said, I never studied. So all I do is I pick something up and I just learn more and more about it. And I, I allow my um, excitement to take me in, in the direction because I'm not, I've not, I've got no exams at the end of my thing like she has. So I can just learn whatever I want. At the moment, I'm learning about Western philosophy, uh, history of Western philosophy, because if that's where my consciousness led me to. Well, she, she did a similar thing with her science and she was absolutely buzzing because she the chains had been released and she was just reading and, oh, what's that? That's interesting. I'll learn more about that. And she got loads and loads and loads done because she was in charge. And I feel like that's what the smaller classroom size does. If mm -hmm. You're not as uh, ring-fenced. You know, it's like, oh, you want to talk about dinosaurs, Michael? Let's talk about dinosaurs. What's your favourite dinosaur? You know, should we talk about vertebrates? And, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of, it goes off in your in your own direction, which keeps mm -hmm. you interested. And that's really the foundation of it, isn't it? Learning. Yeah, and, and relating anything that you're learning about to what they're interested in. And you can't do that 
with 30 students. With five or with four, you can learn their personal interests and go, okay, cool. So you like, we'll use the dinosaur examples. All right, cool. So let's do some maps. How many spines on the Stegosaurus's back? Okay, cool. If you like dinosaurs, let's do some uh, languages. What countries would this dinosaur have been born in? Okay, this hypothetical scenario, you have a German scientist and you have a Russian archaeologist. They have to communicate to each other and they're using German. This is the sentence that they've said about this dinosaur. What does it mean? And just kind of super tailoring the work to their interest. But you can't do that with a large class size. Yeah. And, and as well, the, the, I think communication with people and learning like a broad, broader context and being more philosophical. I know this, I don't know, maybe I'm talking bollocks here, but because the information is so readily available, I feel like that just observing Jolie with her exams and she's been getting really good, in, good results in her tests. And they keep saying, oh, they're getting easier. You know, how, how are they sort of marking these kids? And I feel like because the information is so readily available, it's just easier to find the information out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that was easier. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I feel like the, the best way to educate kids now, obviously there's bread and butter and what do I know? You know, I'm a fireman, but the, I think communication and emotional intelligence, like learning how to deal with problems well uh, and, and, and having those difficult conversations and trying to understand broader context of one certain thing, I think that's going to be much more helpful because you can't just read about that in a book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's much that, more nuanced. That, that, what you just said there, is something, as you know, I've expressed many a time before that's worried me. And working in the schools, I can see it already. I can see, like, that these kids are literally creating boxes for themselves where... The, the, and I have to teach them about it. I always, every lesson I do with these kids where they start messing about is I just do globalization with them. I just go, look, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. There's a million of you in Birmingham um, and of the, the million, about 200,000 of you are students. Look how many other students there is in the world right now that you're competing against. You weren't competing against these people before the coronavirus pandemic. You are now. They're going to be working. They're doing more hours in school. They're going to be going to school on Saturday. They are actually excited to take in every bit of information. They are coming for everything that you are working towards. Yeah. And no, it's, it's, it's horrible to have to say to them, but it's the truth. Yeah. Like, should, and it, should, should and you and it's like that. your kid from that? Well, it's like that, um, that thing I heard, that podcast. I can't remember if you were on um, Joe Rogan. There were a guy, and he were an American Indian guy. Mm -hmm. He was super clever. But he was talking about, you know, potentiality of as getting credits. Um, you know, as I think I might have mentioned. Yeah, universal basic time. income. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, no, no, universal basic income, but then also credits, like when the blockchain is something to do with, you know, there's, there's so much going on, uh, this development going on in preparation for the sort of the full blockchain or whatever it is. Maybe you can, you can describe it better than I can, but the future of how we work, and let's just say in the past it might be, all right, I, I might I might have a friend who could get me into uh, Oxford. Um, I, I might have a, I might have the finances, and out of the hundred kids that apply, because I know a few people, and because my family might have been there in the past, it's like yeah, let's get that lad in because we know he's going to do all right, and you know we know his family were okay, so he's got the finances, so yeah, we'll have him. Why won't you do that? Why won't you? Because it's just it's like it's like a job interview. It's just easier for you. It's more it's less off your on your shoulders. But in the future. 
you've got a, that's me, Matthew Robin in England. But now that kid, there might be a kid in Nigeria or there might be a kid in the Philippines because it's all remote learning and remote now and the internet, he might have so much more to offer that position than me. 100%. And he, and he, well, there's, there, there will definitely be that many, there'll be millions of people with, a, with better credentials for that position than me. But mm -hmm. now all of a sudden, it's like leveled the playing field out. And apparently the, the more you can, what this guy was saying something like, you can, you can create, um, you can earn yourself credits, social credits. <laughs> so it sounds like it sounds like uh, like communism again. But no, I, I think that's going to happen. I I genuinely think there's going to be like a a global social credit score system because it only makes sense to if, yeah. if we're trying to make this machine work as efficiently as possible. That's what's going to happen. This is what yeah. happens in nature. Like you don't have the whole pack out hunting. Yeah. So it's eventually going to happen that we're going to get into this position whereby everything we're doing and everything we're doing on the internet and what you're learning, your lifestyle habits, so on and so forth, is going to be available for an employer to go, all right, cool, let me bring up these people. And it will just literally bring up a little infographic and it will show this is how much time they spend watching this. These are their favorite things to watch. You won't have to create a CV. It'll just be someone you'll apply and then they'll just literally... And AI will filter through. They'll just set the parameters of the things that they want. I want someone that watches this amount of Netflix. I want someone that exercises this much. I want someone that eats this. I want someone that does this. Da, 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 da. And it will just find that person out of all the people that have applied and maybe even people that haven't applied and just narrow it down to like five. And then you've got your perfect candidates. And I just don't think people realize that this is what technology and the data is doing. Like they Absolutely. don't realize how much is being tracked like your every search is being tracked and put into a file that in future is going to be sold for people that are looking for people like you so if you're searching all these philosophical things one day someone's going to go right i need a, someone that can talk to my kid or talk to this school or come and talk to fire firefighters in bangladesh and they'll just click and it'll come up that you've done network marketing, you've spoke, you've got a network of people that are, are, are Bangladeshi, you've, you're, you're not afraid to travel, that you've read all these books, that you're a firefighter, bam, perfect, this is the guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and But see, that's, that's the amazing side of it. And I always think that it will always go in that direction because there just won't be enough demand for things that hold us down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, uh, you know, people sort of always look for this kind of thing with scepticism because it's like, you know, it is, it is a little bit totalitarian. Mm -hmm. However, people, that we just don't tolerate it. And, and, and which a cynic might say to that, well, you might not tolerate it, but it's happening and you'll get, you'll get, you'll get controlled <laughs> either way. But, but the, the, the difference is in this world, money makes the world go around. And if you're not going to put your money into that thing because it's not going to benefit you then they they lose out so they've got to make it better they've got to make that thing better they, they no one's going to put the money or invest themselves into anything you or know anyone. I'm about whether you're buying a product yeah that's gonna that's gonna make your life worse the, yeah. the, however the thing to be aware of with that i think is um like my missus has got an apple watch and she absolutely loves it you know and and i do i love her apple watch and she said she's going to get me one soon and it's like that it knows most of your readings. It knows so really Apple will know more about her 
um, than, than she knows about her. Than her and GP. I, yeah, and, and it's like, um, we, we have to be mindful of the people who program those things, um, really, more than even the politicians, I'd say. That's, that's, the, that's the only thing that's a bit scary, and they need to be held accountable. But, you know, it's still going to, like Stephen Pinker says, you know, it's, I'd, rather, I'd rather go for a, let's just say I have a heart murmur when I'm 68 years old, and I go to check it out, and they know exactly what's up with me and exactly how to treat it, and it immediately negates the entire problem, which once upon a time might have killed me a couple of years later, negates it, and I end up living for another 30 years. Yeah, because they'll have the data on you. They'll have the data of everything you've eaten. Think about it. If we're shopping online, they can literally go, well, you've eaten this, 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 and this. You opened your fridge at this time, you took this food out, and you had this. (laughs) And now we've got the chemical balance of exactly what was happening in your body, Plus, this is what happened in your day, and this is what you're thinking about. This is why you've got this illness. They're gonna be. It's gonna be so pinpoint. It's gonna yeah. be ridiculous. And this is where I'm like super positive about it. Like, yes, it is a lot of our personal data going to these big corporations and going to tech and whatever. But the amount of lives and the improvements it's gonna make to human life is going to be, I can't stress it enough, like once you yeah. go, I don't know if you've been to Singapore or if anyone watching has been to Singapore. That no, is just, I've seen your stuff, it looks amazing. It's just the, like everything they do, even their like government system, their, their housing blocks and their streets have to be culturally diverse. So say for example, we've got a tower block, of, that tower block has to have the equivalent ratio of people from different ethnic minorities that the country has. So say, for example, the country's got 30% uh, Indian, then that tower block has to have 30% Indian, that that road has to have 30%. So then everything's actually like, it's it's kind of socialist, but it's not. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, I get you. Yeah, but but there's advantages to socialism, Anka. There's advantages, all these things that people love to sort of use to separate. That we all can agree there's good there's good that is what yin and yang is you know you've got the mm, black yeah yeah yeah, you've got, yeah, the white, yeah. But you've got the little mm. dot of each in each one and that's the opposite because we've all got it with it and it's just you, you, we, there is a bit there is an optimal mix there is one yeah there is but I, I think again it's it's fear and it it's it's fear of the unknown and oh actually oh i've got to touch on something that just sums it all up which was crazy i was watching um warren buffett's annual shareholder meeting uh, yesterday as per usual he says some mind-blowing stuff and you're like this guy is just what's so- that on is that on youtube yeah 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 there's the five hour version and there's the one hour summary version but yeah. one of the things he says which is amazing is he, he kind of he goes all right cool so these are the top 30 companies now in the world and he lists them off you've got like saudi aramco apple amazon and he, he lists like the how much their market cap is so like at the moment, Apple's market cap is what, 2.5 trillion or whatever it is. And, and that's the num- number one company. The number two is Saudi Aramco. And he goes, how many of these companies out of the top 30 companies you can think of off the top of your head do you think will be here in the next 30 years? And logically, you would go, oh, at least 10, 15 of them. And then he pulls up some data of the top 30 companies 30 years ago. And not one of them is on the list now. Wow. <laughs> it's only when you see the raw data like that you're like wow that's yeah crazy and like the most valuable company then 
was worth 100 billion. The number 30 was worth, in our time now, is 300 billion. So you just, just look, it goes, the one thing you can expect is the unexpected, but people just don't brace themselves for it. No. And I was like, and, and it's coming anyway. It, it, this is the thing, it, it, it's coming. And, and it's like, the, and, and this is kind of a meditation thing for anyone who, who worries about the future. And, you know, those of us that are more conservative minded, they like things to be the, the way that they've always been, because this is how you get things done sort of thing. And it's like, we, you've, you've managed every moment up to this point. Every moment that's passed, you've managed, you've coped. Okay. So when you feel like you can't cope and you're stressed out, you just know you've coped up to this point. And right now you're coping. And then, so if you can cope right now, the next moment you can cope. And eventually you realise you're just coping through life and eventually this stuff's on you. And it's like, you know, in terms of obviously, in terms of investing and stuff, if you can sort of just put your head up instead of thinking there's a whirlwind of shit going on and there's so much change and, ah, and it's like, all right, it's okay. So this moment now is exactly fine. It's still, it's the same as it always has been. My heart's beating, there's air in my lungs. And it's like, you can sort of be mindful and think, okay, right, what's this company that's just, in fact, I'm, I'm just about to stick some money in that Argo. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what a share is at the moment, but I'm going to probably, I've got about 500 quid for that, maybe. I don't know how many shares I'll get with that. But Is that a bargain right now, mate? Tell you is that. it? All yeah, right. it's been getting pummeled lately. Yeah, all right, yeah, good, good. So, But, um, but yeah, it's, it, the, the, future's, the future's coming anyway. So, you know, just just accept it and, and and you might as well see the optim the, the you might as well see the more fun side of it because oh, did i ever tell you about the crazy conversation i had with my nan about plastic no oh one of again one of the conversations that again made you probably heard me say it before i say it all the time that the one thing you can rely on is human randomness and like yeah. you expect the future to pan out like this but then it just goes yeah <laughs> like yeah, yeah. so she was telling me like me and all my my cousins were around the table and we're all like under under 30. And some of us are like uh nine, 21, 22. So we we're all talking to my nan, just talking to her about life, what it was like when she was our age. And she was like, Yeah, so a plastic had just been invented. And was like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> plastic had just been invented. Like, what year was this? And she was like, Yeah, like the 60s. It was like, the 60s and she was like yeah 60s it became mainstream and popular in the 70s and 80s so it was like so like what and then we were just looking around the room just looking and going everything's plastic yeah like the like the food we eat comes in plastic containers like sometimes the knife and forks we're using are plastic like our computers plastic even our clothes are made of polyester like everything around us yeah. is plastic so we were just like trying to imagine this world with no plastic and we couldn't do we can't come like now because you've had it you can't comprehend a world with no plastic it just doesn't make any and we was like so how did you like get things and she was like yeah everything was in glass bottles i was like so how did the world just like transition to the plastic she was just like oh it just kind of happened overnight and gradually really it was like overnight and gradually. What does that mean? She was like, yeah, so like one year there was no plastic. Then there was some plastic. Then there was a lot of plastic. And now it's normal. Everything's plastic. 
And she was like, yeah, so loads of things. And then she was like, yeah, loads of things have happened like that. I was like, what? So it just made me go, okay, if, if that can happen in 50 years with something as random as plastic, I'd say the next one was probably the mobile phone and the internet. Like, it just means that something really simple can just pop up and just make a bigger influence in the world than we even realize. Like, kind of like these little e-scooters that everyone's got now. Like, it just wasn't meant to be as big of a thing, but it just, <laughs> like, yeah. they just become yeah. things. It's true. I was going to ask you um, when you think the best time ever to be alive was. It's, it, but I think we probably both agree it's now. Um, you know, it, it's it, like there's so many things like this book that I'm on at the moment, the history of Western philosophy. And you just, you, we don't even realise how horrible it must have been. Like at the moment, they're talking about the dark ages and how it, how we sort of like negotiated our way and how Christianity and Christian philosophy sort of worked, just about hung on through around the 1000 AD mark and eventually got to the sort of towards the scientific revolution 500 years later it would just you know everyone thought that the world would end soon there were everyone thought that there was going to be a, a reckoning of for everyone hellfire everyone you were lucky to see 40 there was no light in any rooms you know except from maybe in like halls and stately halls and stuff and how many people were had one of them crazy oh, crazy no just light. crossing a river, just crossing a goddamn river. It's freezing, man. It's freezing. It's freezing putting your blooming feet in ocean when it's when you're middle of summer. So imagine what it were like trying to cross a river with your family that's sort of gotten a bit higher and you need to get away from a lot of people because and you've got your house on your back. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then you know, it's just it, this is just the best time. Um, you know, oh, yeah. you're good. So, um, but listen, mate. Um, right. Well, listen, mate. Um, I'll uh, I'll love you and leave you. Mm -hmm. Legend, um, bro. Great chat. Yeah, no, I appreciate I'm about the chat. To do one on um, on Clubhouse now. All oh, right, wicked. Yeah, I've one about. I've been asked to do one about cryptocurrency, so I'm just gonna jump on. Clubhouse. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, if you if you're on Clubhouse, people get on that because Mikey's the man. So, um, all right. Well, um. Yeah, I'll catch up with you soon, mate. We'll do this again in a couple, in a few weeks' time, and I'll uh, I'll let you know how I get on with this. I go. Carry on. Safe, bro. All right, bro. Take care. Right. Bless up. Bye -bye. Namaste, Peace bro. Out, mate. See you, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Lifestyle.